Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey. And the wisdom of God transcends, it lifts you over. Where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. Love is a manifestation of strength. The Holy Spirit produces nothing but strength in us. I want to show you. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. So what has to happen, I'm going to show you this word. There's a word in the scripture, it comes up a lot. It's the word obey or the word obedience. One of the most famous scriptures of that that. Um, uses the word obedience is where, where Samuel told King Saul he said to obey is better than say it with me obedience is better say it again now here's what troubles us if you study grace and you hear obedience the first thing that comes to mind is works but obedience is not about works under the under the law the children of Israel had to obey to, to receive the covenant, the benefit of the covenant. But that's not what obedience is under the new covenant. I want to give you a definition write this down because we're going to be using it a lot. You ready? Obedience is trusting God's understanding of your situation. Obedience is trusting God's understanding of your situation. It's not just about following rules. It's about following the Lord. Obedience is not about following rules. It's about following the Lord. So watch this now. When, I, when you hear the when you, from now on, whenever you see the word obey, it, in some settings, it could mean, um, and, and you see this sometimes when it says obey the truth, it means allow yourself to be persuaded. But most of the time, it simply means uh, trusting God's understanding of my situation. Okay? Now, I want to show you a couple of scriptures, maybe three or four, if not more. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. The Bible says, even though Jesus was God's son. Now, this is scripture is a very technical scripture. Even though Jesus was God's son, watch this. He learned obedience from the things he suffered. Now, wait a minute. Was he not obedient before? We're going to talk about that. But it says he had to learn. He had to do what? He had to learn obedience. Say it again. He has to do what? Now, if Jesus, now remember, he's, he's, he's living as, as our example and dying as our sacrifice, our, our, our substitute. So, as a living example, he teaches me here that I have to learn obedience to the things I go through. So sometimes God creates a scenario or allows me to walk through a scenario just so I can learn how to trust his understanding of my situation. How to do what? How to trust his understanding of my... Everybody say that. How to trust his understanding. One more time. How to do what? Trust his so you think you understand, you, I understand, no, no, many times we don't understand. And I have to trust, he'll t- the Lord will say something simple, it's sometimes it's a general rule, okay? And one of the things I, w- I was studying, and, and I wanted to get into, can't, I, I wanted to, to not, I don't, don't think I can because of the time, but, you know, one of the things that the Lord, um, this, that we preach it constantly, is, you know, if you meet a person, and, and you hit it off with the person, you start dating or whatever, one of the things that the Lord says is do not become intimate before you make a covenant. And people say, man, that's old-fashioned, man. Now, you got to know what you're getting. I mean, I heard, I heard all kinds of things. I ain't going to just marry somebody to know what I'm getting. Here's what you're missing. God, uh, the saints, the saints, the saints. 
God understands something about that arrangement that I don't understand. He created, you know, the only thing that God didn't create is sin. But he understands that sin is a depravity, is a deformity. He understands that. But God, God made people. God understands people. So I, I knew this couple in high school, and they were like, we will get married right out of high school. I said, man, I don't think that's a good idea. And they said, we love each other. We're going to be married for life. I'm like, how do you know that? And they said, we know. Our parents got married when they were teenagers. They're still married. Okay, let's examine that. Because you get married young and stay married long, don't mean you're happy. We in this for life. Well, let me tell you something. You talk to some people in the penitentiary, that's what they're going to tell you too. We're in, we're in this for life. You talk, listen, talk about, I, I want me a mate, a cellmate. <laughs> no, it's the truth. And if you lived in somebody's homes, you know. My parents been mad for 55 years, trying to kill each other every single day. Right? So, now I'm not, I'm not making fun of it. What I'm trying to say to you is, because you see people do it, doesn't mean you, it's good for you. And so this particular couple, out of high school, they got married, went right in. I don't think they lasted two years. You know why? Because it's funny that the things that you know at 18 changed by the time you're 21. And the world, the way you understand it at 21 is not the same at 30. And the things you say you never do at 30, you end up doing at 40. And the various, how many of you could bear witness to what I'm saying? Your, your, your worldview changes. And the whole time, watch this now, the word of God never changes because God understood from day one. So I'm going to give you a general overview. I'm going to go into detail about this. But one of the reasons that God says do not be intimate before you get married is because there's a factor. It, there's a, there's a, 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 it's a, it's a factor, but a, I'm looking for this. Yeah, this is a good word. There's a fake love that it comes on really strong. You become infatuated. It's a rush of desire. And when it first comes on you, if you don't wait long enough for it to wear down, it rushes over you like a wave. But, when, but now you can tell if it's love or not because if it's love, it's, it remains constant and it's not depending on feeling. But a lot of times, love and lust comes on you the same way. It's counterfeit. It's not real. And what ends up happening is, here's the thing about love. Love can wait. Because as far as, because love always thinks the long haul, it's eternal. Lust can't wait. Lust wants it now with a promise to continue. You got it? I'm going to give you, since I'm, I'm, well, I jumped in, we're going in now. We here now. Okay, let's do this. Um, put on the screen for me uh, Proverbs 27, verse 20. I was going to do this, but I'm going to come back to it real quickly. Everybody read this out loud. 
Just as death and destruction are never satisfied, so... Give me King James, please. Read it out loud in the King James. Ready? Read. Hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never... If you read, give me a different translation. Give me amplified. What does it say? It says, Sheol, the place of the dead. Abaddon, the place of destruction, are never satisfied. So the lust of the eyes of man is never satisfied. Not man as male gender, but, but people in general. And what it's saying is this. Anything that you take by lust, you can't keep. Because lust is incapable of being satisfied. It starts out hot. It starts out heavy. And by the time you get to consuming and indulging, you run out of energy that only love, lust can't cling, it could just touch. Lust is incapable of holding on to anything. It can just touch it. See, the thing about lust is never personal. Love is. See, but he loves me. No, he loves your body. But you're not the only person with a body. He look at me and he, every time you see me, no, 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 no. See, there are a lot of people that look like you. Yeah. No. This is not the message you want to hear. Okay, go back up to, go to, I, I aims to please. Hebrews chapter. We ain't doing the issue here thing tonight. My thing is this. You, you think, okay, can you handle this? Okay. Don't let anybody take you whole and sell you for parts. Or use you for parts. If they want thighs and legs and breasts, send to KFC. The bottom line, no, no, I'm going to tell you right now. But the bottom line is this. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is this. Is that every person, the Bible says, every man is tempted. Every person. It's not just every person is tempted when they're drawn with their own lust. We have to learn to say no to that because, the, well, so Pastor, it's, just, it's hard. Because you think that lust begins in the body. But I'm here to show you in Scripture that lust begins in the mind. That's what the Bible says. Lust does not begin in the body. My body just can't, can't, can't contain. No, no, no. You, the only reason your body is out of control is because you won't protect your mind. Your body is able, watch this, watch this, say this. your body is incapable of becoming. <laughs> oh, God, what the, how did I get here? All right. Let, yeah, Jesus. Okay, let me say it like this. God understands that once your mind gets turned on or your body gets turned on, it's hard to turn off. God understands that once your body gets turned on, it's hard to turn off. So he tells you, you protect your, your mind because your mind is the gateway to your body. And the enemy understands. Here's what Satan understands. If he can, and this, I've seen it a million times. You say, uh, uh, they're hot and heavy before they get married. But after they get married, it's over from day one. Why? Because once lust gets what it wants, it goes on to the next thing. Lust is not a cuddler. It's a hunter. Once the hunt is over, it has to hunt something else. You understand that? If it's, if it's, not, if it's, if it's not love, it can't last. I, I don't care how you work it, how well you try, it can't last. Because lust does not have that ability. You say, Pastor, you know the hard thing is, well, you know I already, no, no, no. Obedience is, I trust God's understanding 
of my situation. Don't talk about how you feel. Don't talk about how you feel. Don't talk about, don't talk about what you want. That's, 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 that, that comes secondarily. Just talk about what God understands. And you have to understand something. He's always good. And the Bible says he always does right and he's always fair. And, and none of what he says to us is about us, him trying to deprive us of anything good. He's saying to you, if you want it to work, if you meet somebody and you think this person may be the one, protect yourself and them. So we just want, we just want men to be. No, that's not the way it works. It's not that you want men to be. It's that you went in the wrong door. You, can, you can't go in. Lust is not a forever door. Lust is not a forever door. Lust is a temporary door. It's a quick fix door. It, does not, it, it has no foundation. Y'all prefer the other version of this lesson? So, so I want to give you, let me give you a couple of scriptures. <clears throat> Put on the screen for me, um, Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 8, real fast. It says, everything is wearisome. This is Solomon writing, beyond description. No matter how much we see, we are never what? No matter how much we hear, we are not. He's talking about the covetous or the lust factor that's built into a man or to a woman. And what he's saying is, is, is regardless of, if, if we don't allow the Lord to direct us and, and, and we don't submit to what God understands, he says, we will go choosing things for ourselves. Like for example, I have to have that car. If you get that car through lust, you're not going to like it. It's human nature. Whatever you get through lust, it's, lust destroys the value of it. It does. It destroys the value of it. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Let's go! Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you get to hear from the heart of God through the man of God, Hart Ramsey. To subscribe, simply text the word Uplift to the number 46786. Once again, text the word Uplift to the number 46786 and daily you'll receive a text message designed to uplift your spirit, encourage your heart and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. Amen. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story featuring the lead single It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. 
prayer at first was a struggle because you know it, it really takes faith to pray you have to you have to trust that God is like a person he's a real person and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer in this book you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant which dangerous prayer habits to avoid and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want it's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about him yes. pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Okay, that is, so now, now let's talk about social media for a minute. Social media is one of the most deceptive things that has come along in the last hundred years. I'm going to tell you why. You could take a camera Bring my phone. I want to help the saints. And by the time you see a selfie as a profile picture, the, 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 I'm talking about a junkie looking like this. Looking for the right light. Delete. Click. Delete. They could do that a thousand times till they get the perfect picture then on top of that you have filters and you can filter out all the the, the, uh, the, uh, the defects and all that but you know what you, there's no filter for the soul there's no filter for negative attitudes and bad things there's no filter for <laughs> there's no filter for your past there's no filter for reputation there's no filter you see what I'm saying now I'm not I, I don't want to this is so not the path I want to go, but I want you to understand something. What God understands is this. If you don't have standards, if you don't trust his, if you don't have to trust his understanding by the time you encounter the, the picture, the profile picture or the person that fits the description of what you thought you wanted, you don't stand a chance. Okay? So, it's, and this, this is the thing. It says, no matter how much you see, you're never satisfied. It, 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 there's no satisfaction. You say, Pastor, can, can this be fixed? You, you have to go to the Lord. Some of us have made decisions based on, on, on lustful desires. Which you, have, you have to go to the Lord. And you, you have to put this thing before the Lord and get mercy from him to, make this, to fix things in your life. And because the reality is you can't keep chasing things just for your own pleasure and end up happy. Anybody here in the Lord tonight? Now, now don't, I don't want you, this is not a law teaching. A lot of this comes from grace. I want to show you some scripture that's going to bless you. Now, um, put up there for me, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 15. This is an interesting scripture, Proverbs 30 and verse 15. It says, the leech has two suckers that cry out, more, more. There are three things that are never satisfied. No, four that never say enough. And the examples now that Solomon is going to use are going to blow you away. It says in verse 16, the grave, the barren room, the thirsty desert, and the blazing fire. Four things he uses as examples to show you how lust works. That it, that it, that it can never be satisfied. The grave. I don't care how many people you bury in the ground. The dirt is programmed to eat flesh. Because we came from the ground. So you can never run out of ground for, you, can, man, you have mass graves. The ground will eat everybody that you put in there. The barren womb 
listen, as, as much seed as you put in a barren womb, if the, if the barren womb cannot give birth, it won't give birth. That's just the, that's the law of nature. The thirsty desert. If, if, a desert, if there's no water source, you could pour water on that desert, it will suck it down and still want more. The blazing fire. I don't care. You, listen, the fire is so interesting. The more you feed it, the bigger it gets. And that's how lust is. And so the enemy wants you to be addicted. He wants you to put your eyes on things. To watch this. The quick fix for frustration in, in, many, in, in, in many people's lives in this generation is pornography. So let me adjust my bedside manner to, to, to speak on that for a minute. Pornography. Pornography, by, by definition, comes from the Greek word pornos, which literally means prostitution. That's what it means. And many people, first of all, the people that, that involve themselves in, with pornography um, do so, um, and, and many people that do it are not, are not proud of it. Some tried it, some were curious, and it became an, a private addiction. So let me help you out. The first rule, I'm going to use myself for an example. Before I got saved, I was an addict. And only addicts understand that word. Okay? Let me tell you one of the operative of thoughts when you think about an addict. is a person whose life is out of control. I didn't, I didn't get high because it was nice. I did in the beginning. I got high because it's, I, I had to. And I'm, I'm going to tell you the, the lowest I got. I was homeless. I was homeless. Had money for nothing. But I, we, the homeless people that, that I was around, we would get together and scrape pennies together to get a hundred pennies to go buy a joint. It's crazy. We had nowhere to live. Most times we had no food. But we were such addicts we had to get high. That's what I was. That's how I started. I got hooked on Quelu's when one day in the park, my friend and I found this bag where the dope dealer saw the police coming. He stashed the bag and he dropped his Quelu's. I'd never seen them before. Quaaludes were high, were high uh, dollar uh, drugs. And so we found this bag, a lot of Quaaludes. And I said, what, what are they? And we, we, we checked it out. We found little Quaaludes. We, we sold a couple. And we found out they were in demand. So we kept them. We started we start getting high. Next thing you know, I'm addicted to Quaaludes. Speed. Acid. Heroin. Hashish. Mandrakes. I was addicted to nine different drugs by the time God found me. A mess. And when I, when I came out, here's what I said to myself. Anything that can addict me, I run from it. It's not because I'm strong. It's because I'm scared. Because there's no way in the world I want to live that life again. I had no control. I, I would have given, I'd have sold my mama for drugs. So what you need to understand is, uh, then you say, Pastor, how do you stop? You just, what you do is, you make a covenant with your eyes, Job 31 and 1. And you say to yourself, I wouldn't, and I'm going to tell you, you say, Pastor, I'm just so overwhelmed. No, 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 let me tell you something. There is nothing that God can't deliver you from. Put, um, put this on the screen. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to somebody. I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Put, um, God understands sin. He understands it's the only thing he didn't create, so he knows its, de- its defect, its drive, and how to deliver from it. Second Peter 2 and 9, put it up there for me, Second Peter 2 and 9. Um, it says, see, give me King James, I want to see, I think I can read it. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations. 
The Lord knows how to deliver. Now you say, well, well, if I'm doing it, am I godly? You're not godly because your behavior. You're godly because God calls you his. And so when I seek to, be, when I seek to live a godly life, I'm just trying to, I'm seeking to live out what God has already done in my life. You got it? You are, you are, everybody, everyone say I'm godly. Because I belong to Jesus. Now, so from there, God knows how to deliver you out of temptation. What do you do? You just go to him and you say, look, I don't understand how I got in, so I sure don't know how to get out. When you start telling God, you are my way out of this, you tell him, you are my way, say that loud, say you are my way out. When you start saying to God, you are my way out, he begins to move. And I'm going to tell you this right now. There, I've heard testimonies of people being delivered. The thing that enemy does is that he traps you with shame. And most people relapse when they get depressed or frustrated. Because it's easier to pull up some junk on a screen and satiate yourself or, or visuals with visuals than it is to go do some work. Or it is to go into prayer. Especially if you're tired and worn down. And the enemy knows that. But understand this, what he's doing. You say, well, there's no, there's no harm. At least I'm not out there with anybody. See, what you don't understand is this. You can't build lust into you and lust don't want to go hunt. Lust is not a zoo animal. It's a wild animal. It's, it's a predator. And lust will lie. Lust will tell you anything you want to hear. To get what it wants, you think. So, uh, let's go to dinner tonight. No, they ain't, they, no, you're not going to dinner. You are dinner. <laughs> I, well, just okay. How did we get down here? Okay, everybody said, "Think God understands." Things God understands. Uh, put First Peter two eleven on the screen. I don't know First Peter chapter two verse eleven. Since I'm here, dear friends, I warn you. I warn you. Give me King James. It says, dearly beloved. Sound like a eulogy. I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which do what? They put you in a battle for the state of your soul. Now, I, want to, I got about five minutes, and I want to do this real quickly. I want to go back to, to something. Uh, I want to touch on this again about... Obedience. Obedience is trusting God's understanding of your situation. Say that with me. Say, obedience is, God, is trusting God's understanding of my situation. Listen, when God says you need to do this and such, I don't do it because I'm keeping rules. I'm doing it because I trust the voice of the one who loves me. Because he's already given me grace. My sins are paid for. But I, how many of you want to live your life going around in circles? Nobody wants to do that. And there's some scripture. Uh, I, I probably could get to that. No, I can't. Okay, put Romans chapter 5 or 17. I want to show you something. Romans chapter 5 or 17. The Bible says, For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of what? So righteousness is a gift before it becomes anything else. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin. If I, when I receive God's wonderful grace, the, God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness, the Bible says if I receive it, I will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Look at verse 18. This is amazing. It says, yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation. 
for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and a new life for everyone. You say, okay, Pastor, what is that? Okay, now give me King James. Go back to verse 17. It says, for by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Verse 8, it says this. Therefore, as, the offense of one, uh, uh, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification. What am I looking for? Um, now, go, go to first. Go to 1 John chapter 3, verse 21. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tie it all together in a minute. 1 John chapter 3, verse 21. It says, Dear friends, if we, if we don't feel guilty, we could come to God with bold confidence. Verse 22 says, And we will receive from him whatever we ask because we do what? Now, put the definition in there. Put the definition. It says, And we will receive from him whatever we ask because... We trust his understanding of our situation. See the definition in there? Now, I'm going to say it again. We will receive from him whatever we ask because we trust his understanding. When I begin to trust God's understanding of my situation, whatever I ask him for, he's going to give to me. And it's not me buying favor from God. The favor is free. I'm going to use the definition. Listen to this. To obey is better than sacrifice. To trust my understanding of your situation is better than sacrifice. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Heart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram at Pastor Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.